Welcome to The Refresh from Insider, presented by WebEx by Cisco. I'm Dave Smith. And I'm Carrie Donahue, in for Rebecca Ibarra. It's Friday, June 3rd, the last day you'll be able to listen to us on Facebook. So don't forget to find us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Here's the latest. The Justice Department has indicted Peter Navarro on two counts of contempt of Congress for failing to comply with subpoenas. Back in February, the former Trump White House trade advisor was called to testify and produce documents about his role in the January 6th Capitol riots and efforts to overturn the 2020 elections. But Navarro said no, claiming executive privilege. He's due in federal court this afternoon. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is asking the state medical board to stop doctors from performing care like hormone therapy, reconstructive surgery, and puberty blockers for trans minors, as well as prohibiting therapists from encouraging trans kids to change pronouns and style of dress. According to NBC News, the request came only a few hours after his administration released a report supporting a ban on Medicaid coverage for trans people of any age. Score another win for Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and vaccine refusers, who are often in the same boat. The Special Olympics says it's going to lift the vaccine requirement for those attending the Special Olympics USA Games in Orlando, which begins Sunday. Florida threatened the Special Olympics with a $27 million fine if the vaccine requirement was not reversed. Today marks 100 days since Russia invaded Ukraine, and Ukrainian prosecutors continue to investigate war crimes, including reports of Ukrainian citizens being taken to Russia against their will. Human rights observers say Russia has relocated more than a million Ukrainians, including more than 200,000 children. Forcibly removing children is an internationally recognized act of genocide. Tomorrow marks 33 years since the Chinese military brutally put down student protests in Beijing's Tiananmen Square, and it'll be the first time the date will go by without a public memorial in Hong Kong. The Wall Street Journal says all public memorials to the massacre have been removed since the Communist Party's national security crackdown on the city in 2020. Police say participation in unauthorized gatherings could be punishable by five years in prison. Are you listening to us on Facebook? Newsflash, Facebook is getting rid of all podcasts, including this one. So today is the last day to listen to us there. Please take a moment right now and you can follow us on another podcast service like Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Coming up, Dave takes a look under the hood to find out if expensive cars turn drivers into jerks on the road. The changing world of hybrid work offers new possibilities. WebEx enables them with an open platform and many integrated partners like Calendly, Gong, and HubSpot. Powerful partnerships power hybrid work. Visit apphub.webex.com. WebEx, working for everyone. The monthly jobs report is in, and it's good. Very good. The economy added 390,000 jobs last month, which is way better than expected. And the unemployment rate stayed flat at 3.6%. Overall, about 96% of jobs that were lost during the pandemic are back. Elon Musk wants his Tesla employees back in the office full time, but maybe not all of them. Reuters got a look at an email sent to the company's execs where Musk describes a, quote, super bad feeling about the economy. He calls for about 10 percent of jobs at Tesla to be cut and wants a worldwide hiring pause. 
Biden's White House is beefing up the Clean Water Act today. The plan is to restore state and tribal authority to veto federal energy projects they say will pollute waterways like pipelines and coal terminals. That's how it worked for 50 years until the Trump administration put in some significant limits. A Republican congressman brandished his gun collection during a House hearing on gun reform. Here's a seven-round magazine, which would be less than what would be lawful under this bill if this bill were to come law. It doesn't fit. Joining via video link, Greg Stubbe of Florida held up several of his guns to the camera. So this gun would be banned. I hope the, gun, the gun is not loaded. I'm at my house. I can do whatever I want with my guns. Stubbe continued on, refusing to yield for questions when asked by the Democratic committee chair. Turkey is no longer Turkey. We're talking about the country here, not the bird. It wants the rest of the world to pronounce the word the same way the Turkish people do, which is Turkiye. Turkiye. President Recep Tayyip Erdogan began the name-changing process last winter, and it became official at the United Nations on Thursday. Experts see this as his attempt to gain stock with Turkish citizens since his popularity has been waning a bit. ever wonder why people get road rage or why you get so mad on the road? Well, it may be connected to the kind of car you drive and how expensive it is. Studies show that the more expensive the car, the more aggressive the driver. Adam Rogers, who covers technology and culture for Insider, is here to tell us why expensive cars make people assholes. So Adam, can you tell us about the study that led to this finding uh, the more expensive the car, the more aggressive the driver? So the, the study was a small one, but it came out of some public health researchers, the University of Nevada at Las Vegas, where they were trying to figure out whether there was a connection between whether a driver would stop for somebody crossing in front of the street based on the sex or race of the person crossing. There's been some research that showed that was true, and they were trying to replicate that research, and they couldn't. They didn't. Their numbers didn't show that. So they were trying to figure out, these researchers were trying to figure out, okay, well, first of all, very few of the cars stopped at all, regardless of the sex and race of the driver or the pedestrians. Fewer than a third stopped, which is terrible. Yikes. Yeah. And then they went back, looked at their video of these cars and said, well, what can we connect to this? What does account for it? And what they were able to do looking at the make and model and Kelly Blue Book value and stuff is that it came down to the cost of the car. They could quantify this. For every $1,000 more that the car cost, it was 3% less likely to stop. That, it, that in fact, the more expensive the car, the less likely the driver was to stop for anybody crossing in front of them. And it turns out that that actually fits into a larger literature that shows that cars that are more expensive or have other features like cars that tend to go faster do encourage somehow people to have bad behavior on the road, driving, you know, cutting people off and driving too fast, that sort of stuff, which fits into an intuition that I think a lot of us have about what driving has become. That is wild. But it's not like you were saying, it's not just about how expensive the car is. Size also does play a role here. So have incidents of road rage gone up as cars have gotten bigger? So yes, road rage incidents have gone up. And that includes not just, you know, giving somebody the finger and yelling at them, but really like, you know, people taking guns out and shooting at each other from cars. But what's more significant is the pedestrian deaths. So that is people who are walking or on their bikes who get hit by a car and die. And even while vehicle miles traveled, which is to say the amount that Americans drive overall, have gone down for the first time in like a couple of decades, pedestrian death numbers are going up. More people are getting killed by getting hit by cars. And that's weird. 
right? Because cars themselves are regarded broadly as being more safe, especially these big armored vehicles that like F-150s have turned into. The occupants in the cars, if they get into a car crash, tend to survive. But the people who they hit, if they're not in a car, do not. Now, the bank shot here is making a connection between cost and size and other characteristics of the car. Because one could argue, you could jump in and say, well, wait a minute, pickup trucks aren't super expensive. But in fact, what studies do show is that it's people of higher median incomes who are buying these really big SUVs and pickups and that they are expensive cars. They're sold at, at expensive price points. Reading through the study, it doesn't just seem like it's about entitlement, but it, it also seems like it's about fear to some extent. Like you're also getting a bigger and more expensive car with more safety features and more just features generally because you don't want to be in an accident that's potentially fatal. And so you just people just keep going bigger and bigger. Does that seem accurate to you? Is that why people have gotten also become kind of jerks is they're just thinking like, it's me against the world. It's me or them, right? So you could play this hypothesis out in a lot of ways. You could say, look, maybe it's jerks who buy these cars. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, maybe it's like that person was going to drive like a jerk, even if they were in a little in a Honda Fit, you know, and it just so happens that now they're in a bigger, heavier vehicle that can do more damage potentially. So yes, that entitlement um, has been built into driver behavior since there were drivers. I do think there has been a change here. And I, I, I know one thing that has happened is that when cars were first introduced as a thing that people could buy, they really were just for rich people. It was Mr. Toad's wild ride out there. Rich people drove cars around. There were no laws governing their behavior and they were scaring horses and killing people. But even as cars, even when Henry Ford made it possible for the middle class to afford cars, they were sold not like an emblem being rich, but an emblem being free, a freedom of movement. But I think that that's changed, that instead of being emblems of freedom, cars actually have come to represent security and safety, that people see them as like, you know, metal bubbles, as armor against the world. And that puts a driver in a very different position, a position of, of fear, essentially, of everyone else is trying to get me. So I, so being defensive involves being offensive. You get to a place where you're like, well, look, it's, I'm not safe, so I need to be safe out here, mm -hmm. you know, and I need to protect what's mine, where your safety becomes your personal, ruggedly individual responsibility. There's this one quote that, from you that I really love, which is that we have literally engineered a transportation system that favors aggression and self-interest over mutual goodwill and responsibility, which I think sums it up beautifully. Well, Adam, thank you so much for joining us on The Refresh. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. Adam Rogers writes about science and technology for Insider. Make sure to follow The Refresh from Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please leave a rating and review. It helps other people discover the show. The Refresh from Insider is produced by Frank Alito, Grace Eliza Goodwin, and Rebecca Ibarra. And Dave Smith. Carrie Donahue is our executive producer. Andy Bowers is head of audio at Insider. And we had extra help this week from Rob Gunther. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful weekend.